0: Hello once again and welcome to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Medega. With me, as always, my co-host, the MercSaw, Mike Burkle. I'm here. Missing in action today is the man, Kyle Budzanowski. He's recuperating from that heart-palpitating win. Michigan over Army, twenty-four twenty-one. We're going to talk about Michigan and Michigan State, their respective performances in the first half of this episode, and determine why everybody hates Jim Harbaugh now after that performance. And then we're also going to go in the second half of the show. We're going to go to the NFL contract extension bonanza, what I like to call. Um, you know, Jared Goff. We got Ezekiel Elliott. We've got Tyree Kill. Lots of big names getting paid major money. Uh, we're going to talk Packers-Bears a little bit and what it means for our Detroit Lions. And we're going to talk Chris Jericho winning the AEW Championship, what that means for him, and, and some other things that go along with it. Uh, lots of great stuff this week, guys. We're going to talk Antonio Brown's debacle next week on the show. We're not going to talk about the Lions, obviously, right now because as of this as of this recording, they haven't played yet. So I have yet to give a reason to be mad. So until that happens. Happy. Yeah, or be happy, right? Fingers crossed. Um so obviously we will talk about that next week and and go from there and see what we liked and didn't like. But let's jump right into it, Mike. Michigan football first. Uh, I guess we'll just do a little bit of pros and cons here. What okay. performance was better? I mean, was I mean? Let's start with Michigan. Okay. This performance better or worse than last week? <laughs> <laughs> I say that like, um, most ironic. Okay, here's
1: the thing though. Like with Army it yeah. is. I don't. it's almost like not a fair game because they play so different.
0: Army is the one team that matches up weird. It's yeah, like because, the weirdest team to match up Because they with. do
1: their own thing, and they're not reliant on what you do. Like, right. They don't change how they play at all. They didn't they throw a
0: pass, I don't think, until like six they, minutes left in the second quarter.
1: No, they didn't, they didn't throw one the whole first half. Yeah. Well, they didn't. I thought no. they had one in the first oh, half no, they had, when they no, scored
0: no, on that drive. No,
1: because they had zero passing yards in the first half. No,
0: I remember it was the holding on oh, the oh, yeah, hill. Yeah, 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 yeah right, holding. yeah.
1: But – um. Yeah, like they just like it's like so hard. It's like not your well, and they go team. for it on
0: fourth down too. Yeah. They don't ever kick field goals ever unless they absolutely have to. Obviously, you can tell because they they miss the kick, three on yeah. field goals. right? They don't kick field goals. They go for it on fourth down. So they and and I think uh, Dan Dierdorf uh, made a great point about it. On the on the radio broadcast, yeah. where he was like, "If they get four yards on first down, that's exactly what they want yeah. because they have three more downs now to get six yards yeah. on this triple option dive yeah. read thing." So, and then they
1: hold the ball for thirty five minutes a drive. Yeah, exactly. So you're limited to drives now. Right. So I think, With even Michigan though they play the over, so bad and turning the ball over, yes. it's almost like hard to say. Well, it's not your convent. Like, when they play Wisconsin, when they play these teams, that's not going to be the case. Wisconsin's going to play, like, mid Tennessee did, so that's more of the comparison. Mm -hmm. Army's like that weird team when you're like, I don't know what they. I mean, you know exactly what they're gonna do. It's right. like there's really no way to stop it. You just have to right. hope you're there and beat right. them at the end.
0: No, for sure, for sure. Um, obviously, the turnovers, I think, is the biggest is the biggest point of emphasis that mm-hmm. everyone's gonna look at. Do you do you feel though that outside of that, which is clearly sloppy, it's indicative of sloppy play, yeah. right? Um, do you feel though that like this team was unprepared for Army? Do we do you feel like there there was a obvious lack of like emphasis put on this game and they kind of came in thinking they were just gonna roll?
1: No, I actually thought, I think defensively they came prepared, even mm-hmm. though it didn't look like it, because they were averaging five yards a carry on I mean, on they up. only
0: scored 21 points. But they, not, Yeah, I mean, but not, like, not, like no at the right. same
1: time, it's just like one of the most impossible things. So really, like, so like when you go, you're like, okay, so on one play, yeah. you could have six different options for running the ball, and mm-hmm. it's like, right. you have eight offense alignment compared to the defense's three, so like, right. it's no, no. I think they came prepared, yeah. it's just like, they just kind of get oversized and overmatched a little bit, yeah. and but they were able to f- solve it near the overtime periods and mm-hmm. able to lock down when they needed to. Right. Um offense, I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's and that's and that's my next point, right? Offensively, I, I would agree with you a little bit defensively. I think overall, obviously I think people going into the season have to temper the expectations a little bit and I think I blame this a little bit more on the media. Than, than others is that people think that this Michigan team was like a final four team, like right off the bat. Oh, yeah. I, I don't look at this roster and I go, Oh, yeah, final four team. No. I, it, unless they do it right, yeah. that's kind of where I'm at with this team. I've yeah. been super negative about Michigan I all have, year. So, but I have
1: five teams right now that I'm
0: like so much better, yeah, right, yeah, absolutely. Like Ohio four. State is a better team, Ohio straight Ohio up, State, yeah, it's a way form. better team, you know yeah. what I mean. So, uh, with that being said, the offense though, we, you know, we were going to see this Josh Gattis offense, you know, we're going to spread it out, we're going to do all the things that Shay Patterson, like, to do Shea overall has, I would say, at best looks average. I would say for the no, most I would part. Say, I would say average. Yeah, I would say. I mean, that that's kind of where I'm at with him right now. Yes. I thought, I thought, Good I agree with you. I was I'm ready at. to come on this show and skewer him to death, but after rewatching some highlights, rewatching some of that, you go. The offensive line is atrocious. Mm-hmm. Couldn't stop anything. I mean, we couldn't pick up a blitz to save our lives, right? I thought the running game was okay. You know. Obviously, Donovan Peoples-Jones is not there. I think the lack – I mean, you only throwing the ball 18 times. That's not – I'm yeah. sorry, but you need to throw the ball more. Yeah. And whether it's with Patterson or whoever, you there's no threat of throwing the football right now. Yeah. I look, Zero threat. I look at
1: – um. yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. I, yeah. You know what I, mean? I totally Like
0: Charbonnet, that. I think, before the overtime had 39 carries for like 93 yards. That's yeah. like a clip of like three yards a carry, barely. Yeah. And that's not good enough. That that does not win you football games against anybody in the Big Ten.
1: Yeah, the play calling is also very atrocious. Right, that's what but I'm like, saying. You're right. hitting this Jim Bob Cooter type offense where mm-hmm. you're like, all right, we're third and thirteen. We might as well just try to pick up first down with a half-back draw. Right, and you're right. just like, Fool or you em. could pass them. Yeah, like, right, because Army's defense. Here's what happens: is Army's defense is good enough to get stops, mm-hmm. and
0: then their offense
1: will hold the ball for nine forever.
0: So you limit possessions, and couple it with the fact that you turn the ball over three times in the first half. Yeah, you limit your possessions now, where you don't have any really. Yeah. You know, so I mean, you have
1: three, and you scored on the three that you actually had full drives on, right? Basically.
0: Exactly, exactly. So I mean, I think you you put that in perspective, right? And then you go with the right with the basic play calls because we were talking about this right before we went on the show. It came from it started out as okay, man, this offense is gonna take a while to click because there's mm-hmm. some intricacies to it. Now it's. Wow, this looks really frickin' basic, and, yeah. like, there's, like, you know, so I think the Jib Bob Cooter comparison is dead on. Yeah. You know, you look at it last year, everyone's like, we know what they're running. Yeah. And you go, oh, that's reassuring, mm-hmm. you know, to think that, oh, the entire team knows exactly what we're doing. All right. Terrible. So,
1: we have usually another guest on here, Kyle. Yeah, Kyle, yeah. And he texted me, since he's not going to be here. Yeah. Um, Due to reasons we can't say. <laughs> He's not here, but he did mess. He did watch the game, yep. and he went through and mm-hmm. gave me this big list okay. that he wants me to go over on okay. his behalf. All this right. is not my saying, It's on <laughs> his behalf. Let's clarify. So clarify. I'm going to give you each point and tell me how you feel on each okay. point. I yeah, guess. sure. So Double he talk, says, "Lavert uh, Hill was the reason they won." How would you say about that?
0: Yes and no. The holding penalty was stupid. You didn't need it. Um, you know, it was one of those things where you, that drive then results in a touchdown, you mm-hmm. know, because they ran it right down your throat. So, but they also made the interception, like we were talking about before, the setup, the touchdown. So I, I'd take plus and minus. I think he needs to be a hell of a lot better by the time they play Wisconsin, though. Yep. I'll tell you about that.
1: Uh, the first time I've seen the real Michigan defense was the last drive of the game.
0: Well, I mean, geez, it's about... I mean, here's the thing. At the time, now they're ranked 10th as of this recording now, but at the time, you're the 7th ranked team in the country. I don't care what defense you're supposed to see, you should have been able to... They only have, like, six plays. Yeah. You know what I mean? deadly six plays. It is, for sure. Well, that's the part that kills me about Army, and that's why they're funny is, like... Yeah, uh, it's fourth and four, and it's like on a right, thirty-five yard line, going for it. Like, they, yeah. there's no craps given. They're just no. like, screw it. It doesn't matter. This is not our primary focus anyway. Yeah. It's like they're in like a video game, yeah. Where they're like, screw it. If we win or lose, it like, does we're not, not going to be ranked matter. anyway. So yeah, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Out. And even if it does, none of us are going to the pros because we're all literally mm. enlisted yeah. in the army. <laughs> Um,
1: so he says if Shea Patterson keeps doing what he's doing, they're gonna get murdered by Wisconsin.
0: Yes, he's got to he's got to protect the ball better. I I know you talking about the one fumble where they had the read where it looked like Charbonnet should have been yeah. technically, but if we're let's just assume it's both their fault. One and a half fumbles. And you fumbled last week, too. The protection of the football has to be at a premium. This is for the entire Michigan offense, not for Shea. But I, as much crap as I give Shea Patterson, and I am not a fan of his whatsoever, they have to throw the ball more. Yeah. They have to throw the ball more. There needs to be more concepts than running a nine all the way down the field. Because, okay, that works great against Middle Tennessee. That was the only success they had in the passing game, was mm-hmm. deep down the field, which is great. But if on a third and six, you can't pick up a third and six on, on throwing the football unless it's a touchdown, mm-hmm. there's a problem there. Your yeah. defense beca- your offense becomes very one-dimensional, and any team, I don't care how bad the defense is, at some point it's going to go, okay, so they can't throw anything underneath. Awesome. Yep. You know.
1: And Charbonnet is balling out, probably the best player on the team.
0: Um, not based off of yesterday's performance. I get that he scored, mm-hmm. but just touchdowns, you can't put touchdowns in relation to how good someone played. Mm-hmm. Like Garrett Blunt had several touchdowns last year, but he was an awful running back just mm-hmm. because you can score from a yard out. I, I mean, 30 carries at one point, averaging le- about three yards a carry. I mean, 30 carries for 93 yards, that's not good. That's not good. Especially spe- because in the
1: first game he had yeah. like eight carries for like 95. Yeah, minutes.
0: exactly. So obviously it's a different defense and what have you, but that's not a good clip, especially mm-hmm. in college. Now, if Carry Johnson's averaging three and a half yards a carry, you know, on 24 carries, Lions are probably in a good shape to win yeah. against Arizona. But in this particular instance, no. You can't throw the ball 18 times a game and expect to be this dynamic, high scoring offense. You, you can't work that way. Ohio State's throwing the ball than that more than that. Oh you know God. what I mean? Like, shoot, Oklahoma makes a living off of exclusively throwing the football. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And Shea can run the ball a little bit. McCaffrey can run the ball. Whoever's a quarterback. You have the spread of the run at all times. So limiting them to just be like, not read option. Okay, that's only worked so much. You know what I mean? There's no there's no smash-mouth football to this. And I don't want fullback dives again. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah, But... To be so one-dimensional like they were the past two weeks, it's extremely frustrating.
1: Yep, and then his offensive MVP is Ronnie Bell. Defensive
0: MVP, obviously, Levert Hill. Right. Yeah, I'm sure. Why not, dude? If there's any MVP, it should be the frickin' field goal kicker from Army because can't hit a 50-yard field goal to win the game. Like, legitimately, in that last drive, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to lose and heads are going to roll. And we're never going to hear the end of it, you know. So, at one point, it's like, okay, they won, great. But at the same time, it's like, oh, God, so scary. Let's talk about Michigan State for a second here. Um, uh, They win big over Western. Um, They came out.
1: 51-17.
0: Yeah. At one point, I think it was like 37-7, something like like crazy. But here's what I will say, though, um, is that Western had a couple chances in that first half to actually get this closer than it was. They missed a field goal. They went for it on a fourth down and didn't get it. I think they missed two field goals in the first half. At one point it could have been 21-14, you know, Michigan State and that was kind of like a turning point cuz Michigan State had the interception. Um but so I would say Western kind of gave some left some points out there mm-hmm. uh, on Saturday. But I'm, not like thirty. No, 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 not, no, no. I'm not saying that they would have won the game by any means. I'm just saying that there were some plays that I think Western left out there. Yeah. Um, that Michigan, I thought Western moved the ball pretty well, honestly, yeah. but until they got to the red zone, and that's when everything kind of yeah. got closed in. Um, Michigan State's offense I think looked really good. Uh, Western yeah. can't stop. Uh, you know, a little league team based off of that performance yesterday. Yeah. But I thought Lwawki looked better. but mm-hmm. the run game looked good. I thought they were explosive on offense for the most part. I'm interested to see who do they play next week. Do we know who play? Do know uh, who does right Because um, they're not on a bye, right? I know Michigan's on the bye next nope. week. No, so
1: next week they got Arizona State at home, and Arizona then they State. go Northwest. Okay, right so in.
0: Arizona State that's gonna be a nice matchup. You yep. know, Herman is gonna have those guys ready to play. Um, I don't, I don't anticipate that that kind of one sidedness anymore. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see once we kind of get into big template, play how they look. I thought I thought they had a bounce back week. I can't there's not yeah. a lot I can say wrong other than that defense, that negative 73 rushing yards that everyone's hanging their head on. I think you understand now where we were coming from last week when we were like, okay, it's an impressive stat to throw out there, but you played a team who couldn't hike the ball. Yeah. So it's a little bit you know, you saw Western was able to actually move the ball yeah these games effectively. these
1: games for me are more preseason games. Yeah I feel like the army was more of like a like, a real test, though, Mm -hmm. because of how different everything is. Right. But for the most part, all these, like, non-conference games, unless you're playing a ranked team, Mm -hmm. are kind of, like, Western and, like, mid-Tennessee State or just, like, you're, okay, let's get in the motions and, like, let's get some game action because they don't get that game action. Right. And now, like, once you hit that big ten point, once they start playing... Maryland out of nowhere is just balling out. Yep. You got Ohio Mm -hmm. State, Penn State, Wisconsin coming up for both teams. For sure. So now you're going to be like, all right, Wisconsin. Turn it uh, it out now. Dude, Wisconsin has scored like 49 and 61 points and skunked out the teams that right. they played. Yeah, They're exactly. scary. So, yeah, and Michigan team, obviously
0: going to have the bye next week. Um So they had yeah, to get ready for yeah. it. Well, Wisconsin's got a bye too. Do they, they really? Got oh, both got bye going into the game. That's going to be a big game. Yeah. They'll both be fresh and ready to go. Um, uh, but uh, like I said, I didn't have a problem with how Michigan State played. Um, any concerns for you? What's the one thing you want to see? From Michigan to be just because they have the buy, what's something you want to see coming out of this that you want to see cleaned up? Is it just the turnovers? Is it is it something defensively or a guy that you're looking at to be like, okay, they need to rise their game? What's a key for you going into the Wisconsin game two weeks from now that you hope you haven't seen yet that we can kind of turn and be, okay, this is what I want to see. Going into Wisconsin, well, I'm and, hoping for, and during Wisconsin, yeah, I'm hoping game.
1: for a no turnover game. Would yeah. be awesome. Yeah, knowing our luck, we'll have at least one or two. But right. that's usually the average in mm-hmm. football. But hopefully. At least less than three to four turnovers would be awesome, yeah. And really interesting how Diamond People's Jones plays because, according to our insider that's yeah. here that knows just about everything about Michigan football for some reason, yeah, uh, he says that Diamond Peoples should be a go for be a Wisconsin. Go. Be a go. Okay. he said it was going to be out for like two weeks in mid Tennessee, so like right. comes yeah. up about Wisconsin time, yeah. So hopefully, if he comes back in time, mm-hmm. um, that's going to change the offense dramatically,
0: right? Yeah, I I don't I don't I'm, that wouldn't shock me. I think that would help him quite a bit. Obviously, yeah. last year we even saw Patterson really long. On people's Jones okay. quite a bit um, coming into his own, just from everything from the kick return perspective, yep. from punts to you know being a true number one receiver. Um, there's a lot of things there that I think Michigan can definitely clean up. The no turnovers, um, I want to see um, better, I want to see more consistency from the offensive line. You got to give your quarterbacks a chance, I don't care who's back there. Um, I think I think they need to open up the playbook a little bit. I think they need yeah. to go if they're gonna go four wide, let's be four wide. Let's see, be I, versatile. I do and be kinda four think wide.
1: though that these first two games, as oh. I say they're kinda like preseason games, yeah. I do think it's like showing the up like, this much. Of the yeah, playbook. you're gonna show like that much. Like, you don't wanna go, all right, we're gonna open up the entire playbook yeah, we're against flips. Tennessee. Yeah, right. Because then Wisconsin's gonna go, Oh, so that's everything you got. So be got. ready for that's that. It. Yeah, be ready, be for, ready that. for that. So now you're gonna see hopefully you see more motions and stuff. Mm-hmm. even state, I mean they were just doing basic Slant oh my gosh! They at the same play three times. Yeah. Running back sure it's just with, the fastest yeah. guy in the world, and Elijah Collins can just break tackles like a madman. Right, and exactly. that defense is super stout. So like. I think both teams are kind of just holding. I think everyone that's playing these non-conference teams mm-hmm. are kind of just like holding back and just going. All right, wait, All right until unless that. we have to, let's just. Yeah. yeah, which I do think that last drive yeah. in overtime, Michigan went. It. Okay, we they went four four wide or whatever, and they just started belting the ball because they're like, we have to try to score. Right, which they scored the field goal and won the game. But right, exactly. Yeah, you for just sure. See a little more, Absolutely. they Needed to. Which
0: teams look better to you? Which team has looked better to you? Do you uh, <sighs> based off of level of competition, obviously and you know who has the edge going into week 3 week 4 michigan yeah, i michigan. would
1: say i would say state looks a little better i would yeah. say their offense in the first game i was like that's yeah, rough. rough it's rough but then the second game man they just like went all out and that defense is pretty legit mm-hmm. like they swarmed to the ball and yeah. everything but i will say that michigan playing army mm-hmm. Getting that experience from a like mm-hmm. different style. Right now, if anyone tries to run a read option or kind right. any kind of triple option play, yeah. they have that lockdown where state. Right. If you hit a team like say like Maryland, just all of a sudden goes all right. We got a triple option plays. Right state goes. I don't know how to stop this right now because we ain't re- we're not ready for it. Exactly. Michigan's ready for it, so I think they're more versatile and mm-hmm. like being able to stop different things. Yeah. But right I think state right now. If I had to bet on a team to, like, who's going to have a better record at the second, I'd probably say
0: State Right. I I would agree with you. I think that Michigan State's defense in some ways reminds me, just, method like, the methodology behind it, right, to New England's defense. And what I mean by that is, and especially watching this Western game, the Tulsa game I kind of have to put an asterisk next to because they're just god-awful. Yeah. But um, Western is a team that, you know, has at times shown flashes of being somewhat competitive usually, right, Mm -hmm. where... Western was able to move the football. It wasn't like there was three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. They were moving the football. They had some big plays. They were able to put some points up. So, but when they got in the red zone area between like the 35 yard line of Michigan State and the end zone, Mm -hmm. that's where Michigan State's defense you see it at its best, right? They operate in a closed confined space. They play man coverage really, really well. They use the sidelines to their advantage. They call timely blitzes, Mm -hmm. some things like that, where you really see the intricacies of this defense. When they're in a confined space, backs up against the wall, they're bending but not breaking and yeah. forcing teams into long field goal attempts rather than giving them clean shots at the end
1: zone. Yeah. Well, I also think you saw it with Michigan against yeah. uh, Army, where like Army would get there, yeah. and even though they're just a run-style team, mm-hmm. so it's a lot harder, right. they kind of like they only scored 14 going right. like after right. the game. They went to overtime and scored mm-hmm. another one, but they only scored 14. Like they only scored twice. Right. Like they had eight drives. Right. So like they didn't they did stop that. Option, yeah, for way sure. better than I thought they would. Yeah, so, yeah, no, uh, I, 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 guess we'll see. Yeah,
0: right. I think that you're looking at it. Obviously, it's way too, sur- way too early to be like, oh yeah, Big Ted champions. You know, Michigan yeah. State right away or whatever. You yeah. know, you obviously well, can't do that. would be Ohio State. Saying, but, yeah, yeah well, it's Ohio State, <laughs> right. But. but so, I mean, you look at it though. I do think there's a lot of room for improvement from both squads. I think that they, I think Michigan State has got to be a lot happier. I did think Michigan State opened it up a little bit more than Michigan has so yeah. far. Um, I think it's gonna, it's still gonna be one hell of a contest as they go into, you know, they don't play till later in the year this year too, mm-hmm. which is a little bit different than normal usually. They yeah, play they a play little like bit. third to last week. Yeah, or which is weird. Which is yeah. usually, you know, which in some ways I'm hoping that kind of helps Michigan kind of get ramped up for those last couple bits of games there, where you got okay, you got Michigan State, then you got a week, then you got Ohio State right after, so like you're kind of getting the playoff bowl game type mode where. Yeah pedal the metal. Yeah, and
1: right before that you hit Notre Dame and Penn State back-to-back, yeah, back. so yeah, like no kidding. You have a tough stretch but at the same time. If you can get through that battle stretch, battle tested, battle then tested. Then if you do, I mean, if this Michigan team does end up going in 11 and 1, 12 and 0 pace, right. having that big stretch of playoff games late means right. okay, now I can be ready for a Big 10 championship game and even a final four appearance if we right. get that far. If you
0: had to if you had to think, do you think that either team has shown the propensity to knock off Ohio State for a Big 10 titles?
1: Um
0: just overall play I get it, Ohio State hasn't played anybody either, yeah. obviously. But just, just looking at performances, evaluating just overall, like, man, this the feel of this does does not look like watching that Michigan game, I just like this whole feel feels yeah. Appalachian Statey. I think I mean? there's
1: I think there's bits and pieces from both I think if you could combine yeah both teams and pieces mm-hmm. i think you could like there's like all right michigan state's defense right. especially on the goal line like you said i don't think ohio state is going to be able to i think they're gonna have to get longer touchdowns right i don't think they can score from the one yard line very easily against state yeah and then michigan if they can cut down their turnovers mm-hmm. i do think if they start spreading it out more and right. start passing it around i do think that they can aerate around ohio state a little bit but i don't think like michigan state's offense or right. michigan's Defense at the moment is right. strong enough. Right. Ohio State's such a strong force on both. Yeah. For and they're, sure. Well, they they're so fast. Yeah. That's the
0: biggest thing. They're just fast. Yeah.
1: And Michigan and Michigan State have like one side that I'm like, yes, I feel confident that they could go up against, but the mm-hmm. other side is so much weaker, I feel like, that mm-hmm. like they kind of get that side like trumps the other side by so much no doubt. that they probably no can't. Yeah. For sure. So at the moment, no. But right. I mean, we're so say, early. Yeah, we're so early. Right. Give obviously. it three or four That's more why wins,
0: this maybe. is f- that's why this kind of these games are fun, right? Is to mm-hmm. kind of go in there and say, okay. All right, this is like base fundamentals. All right, when we step it up, what's going to happen? You know, so that Wisconsin game obviously is going to be huge for Michigan. I think the Arizona State game is a trap game for Michigan State. It really could be in a lot of ways. You know, could where be. you go in there, you're area at home, right? They're yeah, at they're, they're state, at the state. So state, yeah. I mean, they're in East Lansing, but the, you know, good coach. You know, not a great coach, but a good coach keeps them well disciplined. You know, Arizona State had a pretty good year last year, considering that they're Arizona State. So. And they're, they're not a pushover type of program, yeah. i put it that way. The 6-7 win team, definitely a little higher up on mm-hmm. the pedestal than I would say A-Tul- Western yeah. or Tulsa or something like that. But, all right, that's going to be it for part one of this week's episode. After the break, we're going to hit the NFL contract extension. We're going to talk Bears-Packers, and we're talking Chris Jericho, his legacy, and maybe some other good wrestling stuff. After the break, stick around. Hey guys, it's the Mouth of Michigan, Rob Medeca, just reminding you once again that we have a brand new website. Is it still brand new? Can I say that? I'm going to say it's brand new. I'malwaysrightpc.com. Check it out for all the latest happenings with the show, the most recent episodes, most recent YouTube clips. Check out our About Us page to learn a little bit more about the team here at the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast, along with... Be, t- be paying attention because there may be an I'm Always Right Sports podcast store getting put up there. And if there's not, keep checking back every single day. Let everybody know about it. Bookmark it, favorite it, do whatever you got to do. Make sure you never miss an episode. Make sure you have everybody subscribed to our YouTube channel. And make sure you sign up for our mailing list on the Contact Us page and let us know about your favorite topics and teams that you want to hear about. Your request is our command. That's right, I'm Always Right PC.com. Now, stick around for part two. Of this week's episode. All right, and welcome back to part dose of episode forty-one on oh, Tech Talk, man. Episode fifty coming up pretty yep. soon. What Almost are we
1: doing for episode fifty?
0: Providing the same great content we do every single week. Duh. Hey, come I mean, on. What, 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 my what, ass what? Ass in, bro. exactly? How dare you? I mean, everybody knows that. Let's get into it. All right, let's go. Let's talk about these NFL contracts, for example. Like All I said, right. we're gonna talk Antonio Brown next week because that. Requires more time than we have allotted for this episode because that's that's a tr- that's a treat. <laughs> um, let, let's talk about it though. Zeke Elliott gets an extension, highest paid running back in the league. Jared Goff now highest paid uh, wide receiver, <laughs> quarterback in the league. Um, Tyreek Kill just got paid. Julio Jones that's just a, got yeah. paid this Definitely. morning. Um, lots of big deals coming up. Lots of lots of guaranteed money. You're starting to see the tipping point where it's more guaranteed money to contract value, if you're noticing that now where, you know, before it was okay, you're gonna pay paid a hundred million dollars, you know, forty million is guaranteed. Now it's okay, a hundred million dollars, okay, maybe it's sixty million guaranteed, mm. you know, so there's there's those tipping points there. Um, best value of the contract though, like let's just go with those four guys. I know other oh, people man. got it, but between Zeke, Goff, Tyreek Hill, and now Julio, um, all kind of setting their own standard as the new highest paid guy. Tyreek's like, <laughs> what the hell? And then Julio's like, haha, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but all all got massive extensions, yeah. right? Julio and Tyreek, I think, through three years, jo- Goff got four, yeah, and then Zeke got his extension as well. Um, Best contract value, based off of the money, the position that they play, and their impact for their respective teams, it's a three-pronged attack I'm throwing oh, at you here, boy. which one do you think is the one that if you had to take one of these contracts on, that's the one you're most comfortable taking on?
1: Um, not, I would take... Not on, if you're
0: the Lions, just in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. would
1: probably take on Zeke's contract. Um, I was going to say Goff's. I actually really like Goff, but... Is a lot, and I don't Dude. know if I could do that, especially because. Such a phony. It's fine. <laughs> I, don't know, I think it's <laughs> fine. Um, but Zeke. For his level of ability mm-hmm. at the running back position, he's no probably if you if you want to argue the best, yeah. At least top three, he's easily in that group. So I think he's the best running back in the league. Yeah, right I know.
0: I think it's him and Le'Veon are one and two. Pro actually yeah, that's yeah. what I would and say. That, I, I would say Gurley over the last two years has been better, but Gurley's gonna be is already on the down slope and you can see it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um
1: yeah, I would say Zeke's because um I don't I'll be honest, I don't 100% believe in Dak. Yeah. And I think Amari Cooper, if he got his, Mm -hmm. I think that's another good get. Right. Um, I feel like Dallas, there's, like, this thing I've always thought about, like, why NFL teams don't do this. Mm -hmm. And if you just have, like, someone like a Zeke and Amari Cooper on your team, Mm -hmm. why don't you just, like... Always have like a rookie slash one or two year quarterback right. that you pay little money to, right. and then just like rejuvenate, so you don't have to right. give them that. I think you, you subscribe to the theory
0: a lot of Lions fans do, or why would you want to pay Stafford all this money when you can allocate those money to go sign other people to make the overall team better? What I found in that in that scenario, right where yeah. it's now more of a passing league than ever before, I think Dallas is an anomaly football team, honestly. Yeah. Um, similar to the Rams were in a lot of ways, where they don't throw the ball as much as other teams do. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, you can say is another one where Le'Veon Bell was the bell cow, um, where usually, especially now, the league is transcending more towards passing and high-explosive offenses with that, oh, it's an inside zone. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where I feel like if if you don't have a quarterback who you think in those moments where, like if you play the Lions, for instance, we all expect the Lions to be able to stop the run Mm -hmm. pretty effectively. Okay, I need a quarterback now who can make those throws. And you know what I mean? So I think that's where Dallas kind of falls in love with Dak, where if you need him to you know, more than half of the time, he yeah. makes those throws, right? But I do
1: think there are other – and this is, like, a very yeah. specific Dallas – For sure, yeah. It's not, yeah, exactly, no doubt. Yeah. not, like, a yep. overall example for yes. Dallas in general. Yes. I just kind of look at it and I go, but can't you find another quarterback that you can – be because That could be Dak? Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. I feel like – like, not the Lions, because the Lions usually don't have that running game right. or don't yeah. have that, or exactly. most teams don't have that. Right. But, like, if you're in Dallas' situation, why would you want to really – Pays Dak that much, especially the money he wants. Exactly, like he wants that thirty-five. $40 40, million, million, $40 yeah, million, exactly. Where you could just get another... You could draft a higher, two, second, third-round caliber guy yeah. who can go in, you're paying, like, what, $4 million a year or whatever, yep. too. So you can pay Zeke, so you can pay Amari, yep. so these guys can... you've already paid kind of,
0: now all of your offensive line, Yeah, yeah exactly. So too. now
1: you have all these guys that, like, can elevate your team, mm-hmm. and you could just have a quarterback that you can... Okay, third and three, I need you to make this one play for me. Yeah. And that's all I right. need from you. I know. And I, then Zeke can do all the rest. You just right. need that one play. Yeah. So that's why I was... In that it's, one yeah. instance, I think in Zeke that siloed,
0: happened, yeah, right, for sure, team. no doubt, no doubt about it, yeah. And I think that's what I think. I think you're right. I think Zeke, out of the four guys that we're specifically talking about, he's the he's yeah. the one that makes everything go. Without Zeke, that Dallas offense is weak. Yes, straight up, it's not. I mean, it's not good enough. I'm sorry, you don't have Cole Beasley anymore as your safety blanket. Uh, Terrence Williams is okay, I guess, um, but Amari Cooper is so, is good. I wouldn't yeah. say he's great. I wouldn't call him a top five wide receiver. No, you know what I mean. So so i don't look at amari cooper as well that's that's my guy he's going to change my entire offense mm-hmm. doesn't work like that didn't work in in oakland really yeah. so it, i don't think it's i think he got a fresh taste of something in dallas and it's like oh my gosh i'm playing man coverage cuz they got nine guys in the box mm-hmm. this is awesome i can beat man coverage yeah. you know um, I think that Goff, I think Goff is still benefiting a little bit from the McVay experiment yeah. with Gurley being there. I think this will be a year where you know whether or not Jared Goff is an actual true quarterback or yeah. not. Like, well, I think he, I, I'll
1: think give you this, though. I yeah. think the game that won him this contract was that Chiefs game last year. No doubt. Nothing no doubt. in the playoffs, I don't think, did it. No. But that Chiefs game when he outplayed Patrick Mahomes, yeah. Sean McVay went, we don't have anyone else that can do that. Right. Like, right. he's like, no if we don't sign him, no doubt. there's not going to be another guy who could put up that right. many points with him. Right. So, I do think that's a game that won him that contract. Mm-hmm. Um, if he didn't have that performance in that game, mm-hmm. I don't know if he gets that extension this year. Yeah. Um, i mean they did based, go to,
0: they did go to the super bowl right yeah. it, that's why i but think based off because he had a bad suit oh bowl right yeah of course he didn't
1: even have that great of a NFC, like a no. playoff run in no, general either no. so that's why i'm like if you just base off that yeah they won games mm-hmm. but like that chiefs game was like yeah he gets yes. access no
0: I, no doubt it. no doubt about that right and you know i get it he's number one overall pick and all that good stuff but um yeah for sure no doubt about it all right what's the worst contract there, out of the four out of the four, right? So Tyreek got like three years, sixty-six million, something like that. I know uh, Julio hit something right around that, a little above that. Yeah, a three year. De- it's a three year deal. Uh, Golf got the four year, one hundred thirty-four million. Zeke got like a hundred million or ninety million dollars, yeah. sixty of it guaranteed. I think is the is the number. So what's the worst contract? One, we really like. Okay, we got to pay it, but man, that's really like the first one on my book is that.
1: Yeah, it's hard because all those guys are so elite that Oh yeah, they're like, so good. They're yeah. all, I
0: mean like, like it's it's I say worst contract, but you're all, at the same time you're like yeah. all right. It's well, you hard because there's pros and player. cons.
1: All, like besides Zeke, I think there's pros and cons all of them. Yeah. Goff, you don't really you, you know what you You can don't make really an ar- you can
0: make an argument that he's been helped and hidden. Yeah, I can make that argument.
1: Tyreek Hill is like, I mean, he's like the safety blanket for Patrick Mahomes. But there's
0: also the off-field issues that he's been suspended. And And Julio, to me,
1: is a top three receiver, but at the same time he's injury prone where he gets that. So I would say if I had to pick one, I guess I I think you overpaid for Julio Jones. But at the same time, you almost can't lose any of those four guys. Mm -hmm. Like if you're like oh, we're not going to pay you, and then he leaves, that's like... No, you're stupid. Yeah, yeah you're, right. you're yeah, gone. Because everybody
0: else looks at you and why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, right. so I don't And then think, New England signs Yeah, I don't,
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, right? I hate that. Um, so I don't think there's really, like, a bad... Like, I think yeah. it's a, one of those, like, you had to do mm-hmm. it to all four of those guys. But when i say there was, like, a worse one, I guess, mm-hmm. Julio, because of his... Mm-hmm. Like, if he doesn't play all 16 games, then you're not getting the worth of that contract. No doubt,
0: no doubt. And I think there's even drawbacks to Zeke, too. He's a running back. Yeah. You know what I mean? 25, 26 years old, the amount of curious he has. Does he see the end of that contract? Because once they hit 28, 29, 30, woo. You see that performance start to drip. So it's obviously a little bit. All right, let's talk Packers-Bears for a minute here. The only My favorite game. The only reason why we're going to talk about this game in particular is two reasons. Number one, it, how it affects our Detroit Lions. as obviously, if you listen to the show, you know we're Detroit sports-centric. But also, um, it was the opening game of the year. 100th season of the NFL, right? Lots of, you know, yeah, all right, cool stuff. Aaron Rodgers, whatever. Um, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it was it's rough go. Um really okay. Yeah. All right. So I, I, I thought I thought the offensive game was extremely sloppy. I thought there was a lot of sloppy play happening. Yes. I thought they made both defenses look better than they were in a lot of regards, <laughs> especially the Packers. I think Mitch Trubisky made the Packers defense look like it was a top five defense. Okay. You yeah. know, so I didn't I didn't think that anything they did where I was like, Wow, this this Green Bay defense is locked out. I'm like, wow, Trubisky that There's a gif out there, right, we were talking about Where the seas parted And there's a wide-open Chicago defender staring him in the face And Trubisky's like, nah, I want to go over here instead yeah. I completely look the opposite direction Um... What, what were your impressions of the Bears and Packers opening night um just just briefly and then after that we'll talk about the lions here in a second
1: okay well I think the Bears defense is still very I,
0: I, no doubt I do like think they're that, legit I do think they're yeah. legit no doubt and I do
1: think the Packers offense not playing the Bears defense mm-hmm. is going to be fine very good. Um, I hope. Not. I, I saw. I saw. <laughs> there's a lot of good spurts in it. It was yeah. just like Aaron Rodgers. player had maybe 0.5 seconds to do anything in the pocket because and Kuliel he holds Mack, the ball longer than any quarterback yeah. in the league. So yeah, but like Khalil Mack out. literally would break three guys, and at that second, if you have three yeah. linemen trying to block somebody and you still can, right. then at that point you're you cassette. Oh yeah, no six doubt. Seconds. No doubt, for sure. So, Absolutely. Um, I do. I do think when they're playing defenses that are lesser than the Bears, yeah. I do think you're going to see more from that offense. I also inversely would say that um, Mitch Trubisky has a very low ceiling in my opinion at the moment.
0: And um, at the moment, ever who's counting? Maybe. I mean, you know, <laughs> no, I mean,
1: maybe he'll come out to be something. But oh at the second, lord, I think he lost some that game. Yeah. Um, oh, for sure. I, I think
0: that in play calling, I think Matt Nagy even acknowledged that where he goes, We got we I think we got too cute with it yeah. a little bit. Like yeah. Trey Cohen not touching the ball enough, he's the best running back on your feet, on your team. Mm-hmm. Well, how is he not getting the football, yeah. right? I get it, Trey Burton was out, but at the same time, the level of encounter like the amount of three and outs in this game was Ridonculous. I think they both had like eight At one Mm -hmm. point. Like that is crazy You know what I mean? So And Trubisky's inability to make the decision To like okay when to keep it And when to throw. I thought like It looked to me like a quarterback Who's never run under center Mm -hmm. and was Trying every instinct possible to Not run the football. You know what I mean? Like he looked uncomfortable in the pocket And wanted to just stand back there and be like no I am a pocket passer now. I am going to Throw the football from the pocket And we're going to move the ball down the field. And then the times he's like, nope, screw it, I'm going to run it, was the wrong time to do it. Yes. You know what I mean? So I just think he was completely, like, discombobulated is the best word I can say for that.
1: Yeah, I would would also agree with that. You know
0: what I mean? I just looked like he looked uncomfortable all night. Not even necessarily due to pressure. I just think, like, mentally he was like, all right, they're trying to get me to be more in the pocket, roll, make a read, and throw the football. Rather than rely upon my legs and my athleticism to bail me out in situations. But... I think to the Bears, you know, to the Bears coaching staff, I would say, yeah, but that's kind of why you drafted him, too. He was an athletic guy. He's not the most accurate quarterback in the world. He wasn't the most accurate in North Carolina. Mm. He went to North Carolina. He wasn't a a great quarterback at North Carolina. You drafted him for his physical traits and his quote-unquote ceiling at the time to develop him. He sensed... Been okay. Hit his you know, ceiling. Yeah, right. I, I think to so be I honest, I, I think, think 25 kind of. touchdowns is his ceiling. Yeah, straight up. Is. I think that's his ceiling. Where like he had that last year. I think he went 24 and 12 touchdown interceptions. Yeah, something like that. That's probably where he's going to be career wise. Mm-hmm. That's you know, that's the thing about the Bears. Always kills me. They always wind up putting together these great defenses, right? And then they just always just. Oh, by the way, we're just never going to invest in the quarterback. Yeah. Like when they never make the right quarterback call. And the one time they even got close with McMahon, they won a championship. Mm-hmm. So it's like. You know, you look at a couple years ago when they played against the Colts in the Super Bowl. Rex Grossman is your starting quarterback. Ugh. Or Kyle Orton, Ugh. You know. Or Jay Cutler. Or they trade for Jay Cutler. Ugh. You know, it's just like you're just asking for mediocrity, you know. It's like, I think they were hoping that Nagy was going to be the guy to okay, we're not going to put a lot of assets in the offense, so we're just going to hope that you can scheme it yeah. where it just works. But there's without Allen Robinson, you know, that yeah. wide receiver is gross. I
1: do think that offense... Doesn't Rose. have enough to be a
0: no. top team no. anymore. No, if that defense is one bad day, you're screwed. because yes. you can, that offense will not keep up. It will no. not. Keep, it benefited last year from turnovers being set up in good field position and the f- fact that you never knew what Maggie was going to do because he never called plays. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of there's a lot of what now. This game does this do anything for you as far as a Lions fan go and saying okay, does that give you more or less hope on as far as that your thoughts on the Lions being able to win the Vision? Obviously, we have not seen the Lions play as of this recording. I must preface that. Oh, yeah. I was so, say. <laughs> But, like, if we go out and, you know, crap the bed, then obviously I'm going to come on the show next week and blow a gasket. But until that happens, right now, right, we don't know. So... What does that do? Just Let's say Friday night, right? You're thinking about it after they play. What did you see to make you think, yes, okay, this this makes me happy that the Bears struggling, the Packers are struggling, or does that make you more concerned that while wow, both these defenses is locked down these offenses, I don't know what we're going to do offensively uh, with Bevel.
1: Looking at it, I was – it's funny because I took half and half. I was yeah. like, okay, so this Bears defense scares the crap out of me, mm-hmm. but their offense, I'm like, it's I can poop. live and die with, yeah. like – I, I could have faith that the defense can stop them. Mm-hmm. And conversely, I didn't think that defense was anything special. They no. just kind of – they kind of did like a Patriot-style thing where they're like, all right, Trubisky, try to beat us. And if yeah, Trubisky just, can – Make Trubisky play quarterback. Yeah, and Trubisky can play quarterback and start beating us, oh. then we're not going to beat them. Oh. And it just turned out that, like, Trubisky just didn't have it in him that mm-hmm. game. Right. Um, but their offense to me, I saw spurts, even against that bears great defense mm-hmm. of – I could still make plays. And mm-hmm. they they scored a touchdown when they really shouldn't have. Right. Like, they were just driving down the field at one drive. Right. And the Bears were getting in there every single play, and they were just making, like, some miraculous throws right. to get out of it to score that touchdown. Right. And I'm like, if you can do that against, like, Khalil Mack pass mm-hmm. rush – I don't know. I mean, I would like to say that we have a great pass rush to get right. to that, we haven't but seen I don't. It yet. Yeah, but we haven't seen it, and we don't have a Cleo Mack that we know for sure for can sure. get in there. No doubt. Assuming Trey Flowers and stuff can get in there, right? But we haven't seen it yet. Yeah. So if we don't have that, and yeah. Aaron Rodgers can sit for six seconds, I'm scared.
0: One thing I will say about that is, and and this is our last point on the topic before we talk Chris Jericho is the fact that if Aaron Rodgers continues to hold the ball and play like he did on Thursday, he won't last the whole season. He took way too many hits yeah he took way too many hits mm-hmm. on on Thursday he did and I get it it's against Chicago that pass rush is fierce no doubt yeah. but you, Minnesota's pass rush is good right mm-hmm. ours is projected to be pretty darn yeah. okay you know what I mean so you look at it and you, you look at just the teams he's going to play twice a year you're going to play you know some teams that have some decent pass rushes out there that can't you can't live and die, especially the second half of the season when you're on the road almost the whole half of the second half yeah, of the season. Yeah, because you start the season. Like, yeah, like six, six home games. In, yeah, you know, uh, so, seven, yeah, yeah, right. So, like, th- with that being said, he's got to change the way he plays a little bit. And mm-hmm. I think that's on the floor to kind of, like, all right, maybe we do some more quick passing routes, get yeah. people open faster. And also, time on do, him yeah. to understand, I'm not 28 anymore. Mm-hmm. I've been hurt the past two years, and... I need to stay healthy because if I'm not healthy, yeah. this team is garbage. I think they
1: realized about like a quarter of the way through mm-hmm. that the only way they were going to score is on a deep play. Yeah. Like like they did. Oh, for sure. Where they got that lucky like yep. deep throw. Yep. And then they got you another scored. pretty big one to Jimmy Graham. That's how they scored. Now it's right. really the only score of the game. Right. And I think that's where they were like, we're not going to be able to dink and dunk them because no. I'm going to get killed because they get there so quick mm-hmm. that we're going to have to do. Take a shot. Take, yep. take Roll shots. out, take
0: a shot, and hope
1: it works What I'm so hoping best. is is the Lions have that pass rush so they can get in there. But that's my fear, Mm -hmm. is that... Okay, now a team that doesn't have as good as a pass switch as a Cleo Mack coming around the edge, mm-hmm. now he can actually sit there confidently for seconds to throw those right. deep passes accurately. Now I'm worried. Right. Now it's all in the defensive backs. Right. So.
0: Let's see. I mean, I would say Patricia last year shut them down pretty well. You know, obviously different offensive scheme. Yeah. You know, But Rodgers was healthy the first week, week five, and they shut him down for yeah. two and a half, three quarters of that game. So mm-hmm. be interesting to see. Like I said, we haven't seen the Lions play yet, so hopefully we come out here next week. And, and we're happy I'm happy as J <laughs> All right, let's talk now at the end of the show. Let's talk the squared circle. Let's talk about Chris Jericho. We talked about All Out last week with AEW and all that good stuff, and Chris Jericho is the brand new AEW World Champion. Yes. Um, there was some there was some backlash though after the show I was noticing within the wrestling community where some people were pretty happy pretty happy mm-hmm. and there was a lot of people that were unhappy with Jericho winning the championship and I, I would see a lot of people were saying it's too predictable I would say people would say that it was you know like they give they compare it to you know Brock Lesnar holding the title you know and you, you got this forty eight year old guy as your first champion. Um, you're not giving the young guys a chance. I thought this is what AEW was supposed to be about. Yada yada yada. Um, what are your what's your response? Because we were both happy that Jericho won the title. Yeah. So, what's your response to those people saying that it was the wrong move to give it to Jericho as the first AEW? champion? Um, I
1: would just say that you have to look at it as uh, you're trying to build the brand up because not mm-hmm. everyone knows. Like if you're if you have people like Kyle for instance and yeah. you don't really know but you might know of the name Chris Jericho right. and he's the champion. Those right. are the people that you're trying to pull in. Is those people that go? Wait, I remember Chris Jericho back right. when I, I watched when I when was when I was eight, I yeah. was eight and yeah. he was Intercontinental Champion that one time. Right. and he was really funny on the mic and yeah. I remember that guy. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. he's the champion over there. Okay, maybe I'll go tune in and see right. what they're doing now. Exactly. That's that's the. I don't think he'll be champ. I, I think he should be champion for a little bit. I really don't think he'll be champion for that long though. No, I think it's
0: not going to be a. It's not going to be a year long run. No, 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 no I know, but I don't think, think it'll be six months. No, go I God. think it's
1: going to be about three months, and yeah. I think the next guy will probably be like a Kenny Omega, who's actually yeah. going to be a superstar that can like hold it and have like five star matches. Yeah. Every or, Cody time. Even. I think or Cody, got the world or Cody, or Hawk, or whatever. You're to yeah. give it to one of these guys. The younger can put on great matches. Mm-hmm. Not saying Jericho can't, right? But I think sure. this is just like you're building the company up, mm-hmm. and you need that champion to go. I remember him. Yes. That's, that, At, uh, that's that, that guy. That is
0: exactly right. That is exactly right. You, you you have to you have to do some compare and contrast here a little bit with the guys in this match. Adam Page, a guy, he's never held a major singles title in any company he's worked for, right? Ring of Honor, New Japan, has not done it, right? Yeah. I mean, he was a six-man tag champion in Ring of Honor. That doesn't even count. So he's never held a major singles championship, right? Mm-hmm. He, he is being positioned already as a top babyface in AEW, right? That was a goal that they basically, it's been known forever. Yeah. But to have a guy who is unknown generally as a top star that you were trying to establish as a top star, you were asking a un, asking a championship that's never been held by anybody, mm-hmm. that has no lineage, has no history, has nothing to make a guy. Mhm. And But the title itself has not been made yet. You know what I mean? Having Chris Jericho, a former world champion, the first ever undisputed champion, former WCW champion, WWE champion, the most Intercontinental title reigns, the first guy to hold the IWGP Intercontinental and WWE Intercontinental title at the same time. All these things that he's accomplished. He's a Hall of Famer. And he is the guy you want to be your champion. Yeah. It's not a long-term thing, people. I think that I think, think people thought that, okay, they're going to go to Jericho. He's going to ride with it for a year and a half, and it's going to get stupid. Yeah. I don't think that's the case. I'm right there with you. I think it's a three-month intermediate placeholder. Let's get on TV with a heel as our champion, mm-hmm. right? And let's have some good matches. Let's establish some talent. And two, this only helps Adam Page. Mm-hmm. This only helps him. Because if Adam Page becomes champion, where do you go? Yeah. What do you do after that? You gonna have a big celebration? Great. I have no idea who this guy is. Mm-hmm. Well I have no I have no vested interest in this guy, but he's still he he's the champion now. Cool, I guess. Like I don't know who you are though, so yeah. why do I care about your story? Oh, you've wrestled for twelve years. I didn't know that. I have no idea who the hell you are. Where Jericho can come out, I, I kinda know. Or even if I don't know, he comes out and I'm like, You're an a hole. I want yeah. I want you to lose. Who can I get behind? Oh, look at this young guy! I want this guy. He's my guy. Mm-hmm. And you see that journey take place. Then he becomes champion. Then you're invested. Then you have then you have a relationship with these guys. And you go, yes, my guy won. Yeah, that's that's super important. Um, like I said. He, you know, back to Jericho though. With the, you know, he's AEW champion, WWE champion, WCW champion. He's held titles everywhere he's been. Mm-hmm. Has he officially entered the goat status? Now wrestling's hard because there's so many different generations and different eras. Yeah. So I don't think that's true. Where you can go, um, you know, like greatest ever. I'm going to ask you that in a second anyway. But, but so I know that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. but there's a goat level. I think yeah. that people when people say certain people's names. They go greatest they've ever seen in some sort of category, whether it's Shawn Michaels, whether it's Bret from a technical level, whether it's Hogan from a money standpoint, whether it's Cena for longevity, or it's Stone Cold where he changed the business and was the guy in a transition era between you know you know straight red, white, and blue wrestling ropes to you know like the Attitude Era. Yeah. Whether it was Flair in the NWA, all these guys, mm-hmm. Taker, whatever. Is he entered that level where you can hold Jericho and say a Sean or an Austin and be like, their accolades and their impact on the business is comparable.
1: Um I, I actually do agree with that. Yeah. And I think it's gonna be more prevalent later. Like yes. give it ten years right. when he's done. When he's done. Then right. you're gonna go, then you're gonna go, wow Yeah, remember Sean and Jericho yeah. and Bro Like that's gonna yeah. be in right. the rotational 10 guys that you would say through it I do think he is in that tier Mm -hmm. but I think he's in a lower part of that tier no doubt and and just a preference he wouldn't be on like my Mount Rushmore of like 4 or 5 greatest ever Mm -hmm. but I think he would be in like a top 12 tier right because you
0: look at it you know there's so many guys that you just go Oh my gosh, he was so awesome. For whatever reason, yeah. you know whether it's Hogan, Flair, you got The Rock, you got Stone Cold, you got Sean and Bret in the mid-90s, you got um whoever, you know, you got Undertaker for obvious reasons. All these guys, Bruno Sammartino from way back in the mm-hmm. day. You've got all these guys where you go in their era, there was nobody, you mm-hmm. know. There was nobody bigger than Cena for like 10 years. There was yeah. nobody even close to John Cena. Whether we liked it or not didn't matter. Um, so, I, I agree with you that I don't think he's like the tippy-top where, like, you know, the like, greatest of all time. Oh, Chris Jericho. I, I, that's not, yeah, that's not where I'm But at. the ability to transcend eras, okay. the ability to have risen to the top of every company he worked for, the ability to change his his persona and change the way he does things, change the way he wrestles, all his promos, everything, whether he was a good guy or bad guy. I mean, this run that he's had, he's one of the hottest superstars ever, and he's 48. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't happen like that anymore, you know? And I think people don't understand. He's been around so long, people kind of take that for granted. So I think you're absolutely on the yeah. money when you say, when he's done, you'll understand the impact of Chris Jericho yeah. more than right now. I would
1: say in a category, I would say he's probably on a Mount Rushmore of people on the mic.
0: Oh, yeah. Like he's being fantastic. able to, like, he's promote a match. On. No doubt.
1: I think I would trust him over, Yeah. not over, like, maybe, yeah. like, him... Cena and like The Rock on a mic. Mm-hmm. I'm like, those are probably my guys. I'm like, yeah, wow. on a mic. Yeah. I would totally believe it. All
0: right, so let's. So we both kind of agree that he's probably not the greatest of all time. And even though I said that it, it's hard to do this because yeah. wrestling is so generationally different from yeah. era to era. But who's your number one? Oh, if you God. had to pick one, Wait, I didn't who, know we were doing who's this your number one guy to end the show? It, it, it really, it's all subjective, right? So yeah. I can't disagree or, or, or agree with you, but you know. Who is your number Uh. one? Not your favorite, because like my favorite's Bret Hart, right? I am a diehard Bret Hart fan. If anybody knows me, who knows I like wrestling, knows that Bret Hart is my guy. I got posters everywhere of him in here. But who is your number one greatest of all time? I have Uh. one. I think that's going to shock you a little bit, so I'll let you. I had one that shock you. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. As we end the the show, I don't
1: know if I truly believe he would be my number one. Not your favorite,
0: just like overall. Like you're like yeah, every time. He yeah. was always awesome for whatever reason.
1: I would go John Cena. Really, no, really, wow! No, I was not. I was not. I, I close. Well, okay. <laughs> it was either him or Flair for me. Okay, and it's like one A, one B. Okay, but I think, and I do think Cena for me has the influence of when I started watching. Like absolutely, that's that's part of it. That's right? like he was no, there no. when I first started in two thousand eight, right. and that he's. Been there through basically the whole time I was absolutely live watching wrestling. Obviously, I've gone back and watched stuff, but like live, I'm like, Cena was always the guy, yes, he could be in that match with CM Punk Mm -hmm. when CM Punk left the company, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, and like one of the best matches they've ever had. Always
0: made, always when he had to deliver the match, delivered, yeah, he was always like,
1: whenever they're like, we don't have anything else, we'll put Cena in that match and he'll go on the mic. And yep. make it promote it. To make be the best me want to watch it. Like he could go up against Reigns, and you go Cena and Reigns, and then they had that one like yeah. feud for twenty minutes, and yeah. you're like, I'm so invested, right? And it was because exactly. of Cena's mic work, exactly. and
0: then the in ring ability. No doubt. I think
1: I think he's probably my number one.
0: Yeah. So I'm gonna go. I, I have I have a conundrum, right? Because I wanted yeah, to say it it's, I just want to say it's Brett, because yeah. he's my favorite. My I wouldn't conundrum. say I wouldn't say tippy top like top of the mountain, right? I'm gonna say the Undertaker. Okay, yeah. and here's why I say the Undertaker. It's not necessarily due to the in-ring work all the time because he was straddled with the gimmick where he's not supposed to fall over and do all these things. The athleticism, the longevity, the greatest character ever in the history of wrestling yeah. is the Undertaker. Everybody knows who the Undertaker is. Yeah, everybody knows two people, no matter three, four. Rock, Stone Cold, Hulk Hogan, the Undertaker. Those w- are the four people that you can ask anybody, anybody, for the most part, yeah. and people would even know who The Undertaker is if they hear the music. They hear the gong, they go, that's that under- I I would, I would argue yeah. Cena would be a fifth. So, good call, good call, right. Because so, you could yeah, go for Cena, sure. yeah. and everyone knows yeah. who Cena too. But, Those are five. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the longevity, the ability to, to make me care about personal angles and non-personal, the trend, the different personas he's, he's came in with. Everything. I think he is the most he is the most iconic character the has ever had. Mm-hmm. The longest the, the longest he's ever been there and he's always been on top. Since ninety-one to twenty nineteen, he is on top of the card no matter what. Yeah. And that is the mark of a true, true icon. True yeah. icon. Absolutely hundred percent. All right. That's gonna be it for episode forty one of the I'm always right sports podcast. Remember next week, Antonio Brown stuff and a whole bunch of great more content for the Merc Zone on yes. the Mouth of Michigan, and we will see you guys as always next time.